0: Hello, Greg here. Today I wanna talk about vlogging. Vlogging, I guess, is just a category of video where a person documents something. I'm gonna talk about why I started, all of the different ways that I've vlogged different aspects of my life through the years leading up to right now, Talk about the gear that I used to make vlogs and whether that matters or how that changed for me personally over the years, as well as advice for anyone considering making vlogs and just some general guidance for, you know, if I could talk to myself back in the day, like what would I, what advice would I give myself? What do I know better now? But in thinking about this and reflecting, the big idea I would say that I came up with is that vlogging helped me live a more interesting life. I do things to solve problems in my life. I do things for a reason. Just like how minimalism helped me in some way, nomadism, all of these different things help solve problems. Well, what did vlogging solve? All throughout this time period of vlogging, I was trying to make money, like trying to have a career as a video person, like making videos on YouTube, like trying to wrap my head around, how do I make videos and make money and just make that my career? Vlogging definitely helped enable that. It helped me make money with videos. Vlogging also kept me busy. You know, it's a lot of work to make these videos, especially ones that generate interest and value so vlogging was a healthy habit in a sense where it just kept me busy and got me out of the house off the couch generally people are just trying to get the most out of their day you know live life to the fullest live it like it's your last day on earth like what would you be doing probably not just watching tv or scrolling on social media just doing something stupid like that. Yeah, vlogging got a camera in my hand and my ass off the couch and I went out into the world trying to find interesting things to film and stories to tell and uh, that helped me in a sense. And the conclusion to that is, you know, after years of doing this, some things have changed. I'm definitely not vlogging like I started out and there are some hidden costs, some externalities associated with that type of Bootstrapping of one's filmmaking career, so I'm gonna talk about that. But let's go way back to the beginning of when I started and what that looked like. I was making videos here and there in like what 2007 in high school, like school projects. Uh, I watched the show Jackass and did stunts recreating some of those in the most tame ways, like put an electric dog collar on your hand and run across the fence, kind of things, like jump on a trampoline really high. Those were the pranks, those, those were the, the really outrageous <laughs> skits and things that I was doing with my friends back in the day. But video for me, like filmmaking as a career, got a lot more serious as I moved into college. I was like, okay, if this is really going to be my job, I'm gonna be a filmmaker, I'm going to college as a film student, I should get serious and start thinking about ways that I could make money with a camera and you know, just incentivize making videos. Like I need to just make videos, I need to edit, I need to get serious about this. And YouTube was kind of becoming popular. I don't even know if Google acquired it at that point. I can't remember exactly what year that was, but it still felt exciting and fresh and new to like watch YouTube videos. I distinctly remember hunting for colleges, like trying to pick which one I wanted to go to in upstate New York uh, and They had brochures, they had tours, they had like really bad websites. What I was looking for were videos on YouTube. When I visited uh, Buffalo State or, uh, well, I don't know, Rochester and Syracuse, all of these, these universities in New York, I didn't really care about all of those traditional marketing materials. I was just looking, going on YouTube and searching, typing in the name of the college, just looking for vlogs from students. I'm sure k- younger kids today are doing the same thing in their own way. Like if you're trying to make a decision about your life, or learn something, or figure out, answer a question, people are going going on TikTok probably. I would say YouTube was my TikTok back in the day, and to be frank, I couldn't find much. I couldn't find much about Buffalo State. Uh, so when I decided to finally go there, just because of the film program. I was like, okay, I'm going to hit the ground running and I'm going to provide uh, what I wish I had, which was college vlogs more specifically what is it like to be a film student at buffalo state college very niche (laughs) so yeah day one i went to buffalo state college with a camera and i think it was just like a little handheld sony or something like that a a handy cam i think that's what they called them yeah i started vlogging every day so the people i met the places i went the foods i ate uh, classes as much as i could You know, you can't really just like walk in and film willy nilly without getting some weird looks or, you know, the professor being like, don't do that. So I would record B-roll. I would record vlogging documentation as much as I could. And then sometimes talk to the camera and describe uh, the clips to give more context. This was keeping me busy. I wasn't necessarily making money, I would down the road. And it was also solving a problem of like my family and friends being like, what is it like? Like they would call me, especially my parents, like every week and be like, how are things going? What are you doing? Are you meeting anybody? Who are your friends? How are classes? So I had this video to show them. I automated (laughs) that exchange instead of always having the same conversation over and over again with this, like different people with the same topic, like this is what I've been doing. Instead, I automated that with content. I just made this video so that people could answer those questions for themselves. So that's also a big reason and incentive for me to vlog. I've been doing that since day one, automating those, those like, sure. It's like, I love to do phone calls with family and to catch up, but it's like a much better way of (laughs) transmitting that information to people. Uh, and just enabling them to do it themselves which is such a factory factorio <laughs> based way of like explaining that process like yes i'm i'm documenting information about my life packaging it and then delivering it on a social media platform so people can uh, opt in on themselves with permissionless uh, access and, you know, download the information. (laughs) Sometimes I catch myself. It's ridiculous. And once again, vlogging in college helped me to get off my ass to go do things, find interesting things to do. Uh, people like to be in front of cameras. So, you know, I was friends with some theater students, other acting and like film people, and then quickly, you know, made a club and some friends based around vlogging and making videos. So it solved a lot of problems for me. And then eventually, uh, the Buffalo state media department caught wind of these videos and they weren't like huge successes. You know, I'm talking like hundreds of views, but still it was very interesting to them. And they hired me to make similar videos for the college, which I thought was so cool. Like I was getting paid a tiny little paycheck just to do what I was already doing, but for the college. Then I'll restate, like I wasn't making money with them, but doing the videos for free because I was passionate about it and like opened the door for me to get paid to do it, renting out that time that audience to Buffalo State. So that was cool. I'm really glad that I vlogged during college. I still have some of those videos like archived, but I really didn't treat that like YouTube and filmmaking as a business quite yet. It wasn't until the next era of wedding filmmaking that I, you know, grew upon those ideas, treated vlogging and filmmaking and behind the scenes as more of a business and definitely made more money and had more success. So let's talk about that next era. Wedding filmmaking. I was shooting wedding videos for couples around the US and New York and eventually international, all throughout college. It was definitely my moneymaker. It was the way that I enabled any purchases I made in filmmaking, buying cameras, computers, microphones, going on trips and stuff. Instead of having like a normal job, I just did wedding filmmaking and was a small business owner in a sense. And all of that was going pretty standard and well. You know, I could have just maintained that and just continued to make slightly more and more money, gaining responsibility, having more clients, maybe even hiring shooters and editors to be a wedding filmmaker. And that was, that was, that could have been like a career path that I could have maintained and stayed on that road but what really changed was vlogging about the process of being a wedding filmmaker i started a wedding film school and this was all about sharing my experience as a wedding filmmaker exactly in the same way that I shared my experience as a college film student. I made tutorials, reviews on gear. I just talked about things that I learned and was excited to share, which is kind of vloggy. It's a little sit down in front of the camera, but everything changed when I started like actually filming myself during the shoots and the weddings themselves. There was a huge demand on YouTube from other wedding filmmakers to like have that experience, to be able to see how people act on weddings and like get that direct knowledge and... Advice, but it was a lot of work to do both jobs, you know vlog yourself as you are shooting a wedding So eventually I hired another filmmaker just to vlog for me. I did probably 10 or 15 weddings with another person following me as I filmed a couple the entire day Which is kind of silly, but these vlogs did really well and the wedding film school channel is still on YouTube You can check it out if you want you can try to find it Uh, I sold that channel, um, but it was definitely vlogging. And it was, like I said, me treating it as a business. I was making a lot more money, getting a lot more attention, and it was definitely helpful vlogging. Instead of me just wanting to like capture the memories of (laughs) shooting weddings, which, you know, I don't really care about too much to reflect on, you know, it was definitely high value vlog in the sense that there was an audience in mind, other wedding filmmakers and I'm trying to solve a problem for them, providing value in the form of like education, example, a little bit of entertainment. Uh, So these vlogs did pretty well. This entire time shooting weddings, alongside I was shooting non-wedding filmmaking things, just being a freelance filmmaker, shooting corporate things, just videos to market different businesses or people, Whatever, music videos, personal projects, skits. And alongside all of those projects, I also vlogged. I just documented what it was like to shoot these videos, go on these projects, meet these people, do these things. And similar to weddings, these videos were solving a problem. The vlogs were helping other filmmakers see another perspective, be a little entertained, have something to watch. Uh, They did okay. Um, But it was more of a general audience, so it didn't work as well as the weddings. The the weddings were very niche and worked. They knew what they were. I knew who my audience was. And I don't think there was many other wedding filmmakers vlogging uh, for me to compete with, so it worked well. College was wrapping up, and I moved to New York City uh, for a bunch of different reasons. And I plan on making a whole episode about New York. There's a lot to talk about. Uh, also the fact that I kind of really want to move back and probably will, but you know, that's a spoiler. Don't tell anybody, but this was the era of Casey Neistat. And if you're listening to this podcast, you probably know who that is. If not, he's just a filmmaker in New York, uh, who moved to LA recently, but is back in New York and just vlogged. He's kind of like the LeBron James of vlogging, always had a camera in his hand, made a lot of daily videos So that's shooting, editing, editing and uploading a video, a vlog, daily, every day, nonstop, just about whatever, his life. I, like most other vloggers back in the day around that time, was super inspired and would watch these videos religiously, copy him in so many different ways, and just really want to be him. Moving to New York was definitely partly inspired by Casey Neistat, and just this idea of like the daily grind, just getting out there, force, throwing yourself into the, you know, into the, the the battle of just doing something more interesting with your life and documenting it and sharing it. This time of vlogging was way different in the sense that I was shooting things that didn't really matter. Like everyone's day-to-day routine, everyone's life is kind of boring. Like there's not that much Like there's a lot of repetition. So the thing about vlogging is you could just document that and it would kind of be boring. Or you could go out of your way to do crazy fun things. And I call this forced happiness and forced adventure. This ties into the main theme of like vlogging helps people live more interesting lives. Whether the interesting lives is like in your opinion or other like society's opinion, uh, it just helps you to get out and try and, you know, put an effort to making your day more interesting. So that's exactly what this whole time in New York City vlogging was like. I made friends with every other vlogger in New York City doing this exact same thing. Uh, we would vlog each other, vlogging each other. We would just spend the day going out, just trying to find interesting places doing crazy things just trying to one-up each other and they weren't that interesting you know New York City is kind of a playground for the random and interesting so it helps but still it's really silly if you think about it I always found it kind of sleazy when you you get the sense that like a business person is only selling how to be a business person it's like it's like this weird loop, a feedback loop of like, what are you actually talking about? What is the actual value you're providing? I I got that sense reflecting on like this time in New York City vlogging other vloggers. It's like, like what is the product we're packaging here, just to incentivize people to be like us? It's like it's it's like what are we even? filming what are we doing <laughs> so that internal struggle started to catalyze and i was like okay i have to go find something more interesting than new york city so i was very interested in traveling uh the tim Ferriss bug uh definitely took took root i read the four-hour work week I, f- I read all of those books i think his podcast was going at that point but i i went to peru i went to iceland I went uh, to Thailand and Bali. I just went to all of these places to like travel and just try to find interesting things to vlog. This is what I call my travel vlogging era. I was doing all of the typical things, trying weird foods, going around on scooters and buses and planes. Shooting and vlogging your time on a a plane is a very funny thing. It's like something everyone kind of does and it's like, why is it interesting? (laughs) Why, Why does anyone care that you're on a plane going somewhere? It's so funny. I remember shooting videos and editing and then just always thinking like, why did I shoot all of this airport and plane footage? Like I should just start the video in the place that the video is about it's like why do i need 30 to 40 seconds of like arriving to this place like is that the best introduction for the video probably no it's boring but during this time all of my videos were just focused on one thing just getting attention like i just i did everything I planned and shot everything in a way that just made it more interesting to get more clicks, more views, just to keep people engaged and caring. And eventually I started getting sponsorships and getting some money in with AdSense, but it really was never that much. It wasn't enough. Uh, I had to use minimalism to cut my expenses because I stopped wedding filmmaking. I did a lot of things just to like earn enough money but it really wasn't enough. So much of my vlogs money came from affiliate AdSense. So people clicking on links in the description to check out the gear that I talked about in the video or used to make the video. So like so many videos, like the whole idea of the vlog was like, today I'm testing this camera. I just got this microphone and we're gonna see how it is for a vlog like this is the new drone No, this is the the next new drone. This whole vlog was shot with this drone Click in the link in the description down below to check out the drone <laughs> So they were just like glorified commercials to make up for the fact that no one really cared about what I was doing They just cared about the tools and the gears that I used to make it and the videos themselves weren't like that much value so they weren't generating much money so i had to make up for that fact so yeah i basically went around the world making base like commercials for (laughs) other people like me it was so dumb and to move away from that dilemma i started hiking and found some nice peace and quiet in that and not only hiking but hiking alone and solo so gone was this forced positivity Gone was like this acting like a whole nother person with other people just to make things more interesting. I alleviated what felt like inauthenticity by hiking in the middle of nowhere alone. Just stripping down just like the bare basics of filmmaking for vlogs for me. And it wasn't like all of a sudden. Like the chukikira Peru hike was alone, foreign... Exciting in the sense that it was like i'm hiking to ruins in peru. How cool and it was a hiking video But it was still me trying to make something out of it make it exciting Talking to the camera making jokes. I don't know. It's a weird one. You can watch that and compare it to any other Silent hiking film that I made. There's a big difference. It wasn't until hornstrandeer That I leaned into the i'm alone This is peaceful. It's quiet it's a little boring, but it's what I'm doing. The silent hiking genre popped off and started to make money. And the vlogging, in a sense, if you call it, it's it's like hybrid vlogging, the silent hiking videos. I'm definitely just documenting what I'm up to, but I'm not doing it in the typical forced positivity, forced adventure way. I'm just really trying to be authentic to the experience and what I was feeling. And I think people appreciated that. And I very well could just document that experience, a true vlog, and just leave it at that. But for a lot of these videos, I artificially boosted the value of the video by providing hiking guides and behind the scenes. Vlog of the vlog. (laughs) It's a lot more helpful to people who want to go on the same hike or do the similar things that I'm doing when I give a tutorial directly after the documentation aspect, the vlog. And yeah, that's just, it's just more valuable. Like who cares about me hiking around? Like it's more valuable to like learn how to do it yourself, like a a guide, a lesson. So I see so many people copying my style and like filming themselves with a tripod, walking around and hiking wherever they are. But it's like, sure. Sure. You can do that, um, but the reason you would do that is to just like capture a memory for yourself to re-watch. There isn't really an inherent value in someone who doesn't know you watching that video. They're not gonna get that much out of it, and I think that's reflected in the low view counts from all of these videos. What is way more value, especially to someone who doesn't have an audience of people who already care about like your journey as a creator and a person traveling, there's just much more value in making a a tutorial, helping people solve a problem directly, providing a video with an answer, a hiking guide so I'm just surprised. You know, I, I don't recommend people to vlog to just document their lives because nobody cares. You need to build a following before you can have any amount of people caring about boring vlogs that are just a documentation yeah my advice is to just not vlog like that it should provide some kind of value so yes that's the answer to should i start vlogging kind of you know like it depends on the type of vlog there's a whole spectrum what is the value just like why do people care always if your goal is growth money and just like growing an audience and just growing on youtube or social media just always always ask yourself why do people care? Why would anyone care? Where is the value? What? What is the value? Usually, to make something that's valuable, it takes a lot of work, time and effort, expertise. You have to put work into it to make it something that's good. You have to process the material to output. <laughs> Factoria. <laughs> so what does this look like? A vlog with a topic or a trend, uh, a vlog with a mission, uh, a challenge, a goal that is explicitly described in the title the thumbnail the first three seconds of the video should like set up this goal and then the whole video should be the road towards accomplishing this goal and then the there should be some kind of payoff at the end a reward for people sitting through the entire thing and like giving you their attention it's like a classic structure it's Make a big promise, slowly accomplish that that promise, and then reward. Cookie. (laughs) But there's no right or wrong. It just depends on your goal. And right now, I would say my vlogs, the only goal that I have is to make them. To make memories. To package and and store memories from important times in my life so that I can rewatch them and reflect on them. The vlogs that I make now are kind of like home movies. They're... What older generations would shoot on VHS and then just store and, you know, show their family when they visited on a projector or a TV or something. But in my case, I intentionally shoot certain aspects of my life, package it, edit it, and deliver it in like denser, more processed little bites. Going back to what I said with college, like I'm also solving the problem of like my friends and family want to catch up with me and know what's going on with my life. So, These home vlogs are beautifully automated and artistic way for them to answer their own question. But these are all just memories I want to save. So like time with Sasha being a puppy just goes away like that. You know, it happens in a blink. So I cherish having the moment that I met Sasha on video with Mika. I cherish like the first time she saw snow and just like all of these things. It's so nice to reflect on. And I can't tell you the number of times that Mika and I have sat down and just rewatched like our vlogs in New York City. When don't we miss it? Our vlogs on this trip, like when I proposed to Mika, I have that on camera and it's so easy and so fun to rewatch and just feel those emotions and those bring those memories back up. So my current home videos just solve a very personal problem and I just sh- choose to share them on YouTube because uh, it incentivizes me to do it. I make money. There's just Other inherent value in, you know, keeping my YouTube channel afloat and keeping people interested. Um, Because, like, you could be like, why not? Why? These are private memories. Why are you sharing them on YouTube for anyone to watch? Why are you doing that, Craig? Yes, I could make money in other ways, but it just incentivizes me to keep doing it. It just helps me along the way. Like, it just helps me. In the same way that vlogging helps people live more interesting lives, home vlogging makes me, you know, be able, it makes it easier for me to capture the memories I want to capture. So the last chapter, let's talk about the future. My future plans for vlogging, what it looks like in general, uh, but also for me specifically. The things that I'm testing right now is like mobile versus desktop, YouTube versus Instagram versus TikTok. So vlogging. If I want to vlog, I want to capture memories, save it, So I can rewatch it. What is the best place for me to store that? What is the best package for that information? Is it a 15 minute video, 16 by nine horizontal on YouTube? Or is it 60 seconds vertical on Instagram Reels or TikTok? Should I just purely document and just share that POV? Or should I condense it down into uh, like... more interesting product like what if i took a whole year of vlogging footage and made that into one five minute video that would be very dense it would probably be way more interesting and have a lot more information packed into it than if i made a 10 minute vlog every month of every year so these are all questions that i i am still trying to figure out you know it's a work in progress every time I think i You know solve the problem like this is exactly the template the format. I should be doing this Kind of changes over time. So it's it's a work in progress One big aspect of me trying to solve this problem personally was the switch to iPhone only prior to this year all of these vlogs were shot on Mirrorless Sony cameras with lenses and microphones There's a big difference if you shoot content organically for the platform What that means is like, I don't know, personally for me, I can only do one thing at a time. If I'm shooting video, it's hard for me to shoot photos. If I'm shooting vertical in mind, it's hard for me to like think artistically and create horizontal for like YouTube. So I'm typically shooting with YouTube in mind. That's like the destination for the content that I'm creating. So mobile and vertical like TikTok and Instagram have always been secondary. I would shoot a YouTube video and then I would just, you know, half-ass, export, create some kind of dumbed down trailer version of it, and then just crop it in so that it fits for Instagram or TikTok. And videos that just aren't shot organically for the platform in mind, just don't, there's just a disconnect there. So I've gone back and forth between like, should I vlog for YouTube in 15 minute chunks? maybe two or three months into a 15 minute video, or should I just shoot on my iPhone? Instagram stories is kind of like a little micro fleeting version of daily vlogging. So I'm trying to figure that out. You know, It's definitely easier to vlog vertical on mobile and not have to do any editing on a computer. You just do all of the editing in the moment. Like Instagram stories is so much easier vlogging for youtube but then i thought to myself i'm like i need more uploads for youtube like it would be good to not just do hiking like i need to take command back over my youtube channel and upload content that i'm just creating and and i'm passionate about vlogs but then again it's like i don't want to attach sponsorships to these vlogs because they're just like entirely me they're like little art pieces and i don't want to sell And rent out that time and attention and that work to anyone else and people on YouTube genuinely don't care about my home vlogs as much as they care about the hiking videos obviously because there's way more value in the hiking videos and that's what a lot of these new subscribers signed into that's the the silent contract that I've made with them that I'm gonna upload hiking stuff so yeah so all in all I need to figure out if I want to keep making vlogs for YouTube or if I should go back to the much easier and organic vlogging on Instagram stories and then maybe port that to TikTok in some way. Like there is a world where I do all of my, like I just record everything vertical on my phone and then put together mini 30 second, 45 second, one minute vlogs on TikTok. And then I could even narrate if I want. I don't know. That sounds easier, to be honest, and that's probably where I'm going to go back to. Not once have I ever gone back to rewatch an Instagram story in my archive. Like, once it's up, it's gone after 24 hours and then out of my mind. So the rewatchability, you know, the long tail value of vertical vlogging on Instagram stories is just not there. That's why I liked vlogging on YouTube. It takes a bit more work, but it's like, definitely better. So these are all problems that I'm currently working through as far as what should I vlog, how should I shoot it, and where should I post it and in what format. So when you see me making decisions and changing up how things are in the future after listening to this podcast, you're going to know why and you'll probably understand it a little bit more than most people. So welcome to that inner circle. But yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap it up here. Thank you so much for listening. Um, I'm really appreciating the response that I'm getting to these podcast episodes. This is technically number two uh, of the new podcast. You know, I had 100 episodes in prior podcasts with, you know, hundreds of 1000s of downloads. So it's kind of a little nerve wracking to start something new, but I'm excited. And uh, yeah, thank you for leaving a lot of responses in the Q&A part of the Spotify, which is feedback. It's good. I'm reading all of those. And there are some good ideas, some good questions in those. So I have ideas for new episodes. Definitely going to talk about minimalism. That's probably the big one that most people uh, asked for. Just clarification of like what it is, how I got started, why someone would do it. And my advice for people thinking and considering or going through it themselves. I'm also trying to figure out if I should do a video aspect of this podcast. I have been recording video alongside the like, the audio for this. So I do have like a, a Craig his Podcast YouTube channel. I'm not sure if I should upload and start that brand new or like I, I technically could upload these videos to the main channel. Like I really could. I could just upload them raw, like just straight recordings with no context, no B-roll. That would be low value, some value, but I could probably add a lot of context and B-roll just illustrating and showing what I'm talking about on screen. That's the positive, you know, that's the benefit of like having video versus audio. I'm still focusing on the audio aspect, the audio only experience. I think it's pretty cool that I can just like talk to you directly, so whether you're walking, driving in a commute in a car, waiting in a weight room, uh, hopefully walking or running. That's how I consume podcasts. And I would love to know if you're doing the same, hit me up on Strava, Uh, share a screenshot of you listening to the podcast. That's a cool way uh, for me to see that you're liking these episodes. So yeah. Okay. Until the next one. Thank you. Peace.